0: Hi, this is Jack Wolf, and I'm the Disciplined Trader, and this is our third podcast, and uh, I want to talk to you today about um, some of the mistakes that people make trading. Um, You know, it's not so much that there's any particular trading model, style, or method that's going to make you thousands, millions, tens of thousands. It doesn't matter. Some of the mistakes that people make are very common, very easy to make, and I call myself the discipline trader for a very, very good reason, because I think they all revolve around discipline, and I'm going to share some with you. Well, so I'm in Monaco today, which, by the way, is one hell of a place. I've never seen such opulence, and I've been to Beverly Hills, Palm Springs, you name it. Uh, This place is uh, money personified. That's it, money personified. Um. You know, and so I had a driver, he had to had to take me to a hotel and pick up uh something that I'd left and I went to open up a bank account. Not anything that's really relevant to anything any part of this podcast, but I just thought I'd share that with you. So, he dabbled in trading, he told me. And uh he was very proud to tell me that. And I said, "Yeah, mhm, and I dabble in brain surgery." And that's kind of how I feel about it. There is no dabbling in trading. Trading is a profession. If you are going to trade, you need to be a disciplined trader. There's a lot of things that you do. So I said, okay, let's talk about some of the things as to why you haven't been successful. And he said, how do you know I haven't been successful? Well, because he dabbled in trading. And I said, well, talk about the first one. When you started to have a good uh, trade and it was making money, I said, um, You cut it too soon, right? And he said, yeah, how'd you know that? I said, because that's the first mistake that people make. You know, in every trading book, in every trading manual, in every article about trading, it says, let your profits run, cut your losses. But nobody can do it. Nobody can seem to actually do it. What does it take to do that? If you're making money and, the, and, you, and you see your, your profit loss go up and the green numbers getting bigger and bigger and you're like, this is great. What do you do? Do I take it now? Do I let it go? Or what if it goes back against me and I lose? Well, first off, you have to have a plan and we'll talk about the trading strategies in the future podcast. But right now, what you have to understand is that you have to have a plan and you have to stick to it. If you cut that green at oh, let's say $500 or 500 euros or 500 pounds, and that thing goes up to 1,500, well, that's okay. There, nobody, Nobody's ever gotten killed taking profit, but that has to be what you are shooting for. So so as I've said before, there's a three-to-one ratio. So if you're shooting for $500, dollars, pounds, euros, then you better have only risked uh, 150, 200 maximum. So here's the thing do you have the discipline to wait for it to get to 500 if you cut it at 200 guess what on your next trade when you lose 200 you've now you now have a 1 to 1 profit to risk ratio this is not good this this over time if you lose 50% of the time you will lose money because there's commissions fees markups and all the other things that we've talked about so you need a three to one profit to risk ratio always. So if you plan to make 500 on a trade and you book the 500 and you risked 150, beautiful. That's not exactly three to one. I'm not, a, I'm not really good with numbers. It's a good thing I don't work with numbers, but you get the idea. Your plan equals what you actually do. If you cut the trade too soon, especially if it's profitable, You've now thrown your whole system off. How hard is it to wait for that 500? It's really hard. Discipline. How many times are you going to hear me say discipline in these podcasts? Oh, about a lot. So now here's the other. So I said, okay, what, what was the other reason? I said, wait, don't tell me. When you were losing and you had decided to risk 150 on that trade, you let it go just a little bit longer because you thought "Mm, you were right. You just, you knew you were right. So I'm going to let my risk go down to 250. And uh, I know before it gets to 250, that's a big level. It's not going to get there. It's going to pop back up. I know I'm right. And guess what? He loses 250 or more. So now you've got a situation where he's cutting his profits shorter and he's letting his losers run. That's the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do, but it's human nature. Do you know, you know how hard it is to cut a trade at, at a loss? You've lost 150 pounds. Let's just let's just call it, Let's just use pounds for for today. We're going to talk. We're going to pretend we're in merry old England, and we're going to talk about pounds. Okay. So you've lo- you've just lost five, uh, 150 pounds, and now you've got to pull the plug on this trade. How hard is that? That's hard. That's discipline. Now, in the same token, when you're going for the, okay, we're so three times 150 is 350. So we'll talk about, you're going for 350. So now if you're going to, if your plan is to go for 350 euros, you cannot get out of that trade before you have profited 350. Do you know how hard that is? That's really hard. There's a word I was going to put in there. There was an expletive, and I just I just kind of held it back because I'm not quite sure where the iTunes sensor is. But it's really fucking hard. That's how hard it is. So so when you when you're when you the money's going green and you've got profit, and you say, hmm, now I can pay for that uh, new thing I want or that new car or depending on what level you're trading at, you know, if it's a hundred and fifty thousand or if it's one point five million or whatever the heck it is you say wow now my life's good if you don't stick to your plan you are going to lose period end of story i can predict it i can see it so here's his first two problems one he 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 took his profits too soon and then the second problem is he let his losses go too far okay so what's the third thing well he had no plan as to how many trades to he would do well okay so he does these first couple of things and he's down uh, a couple hundred pounds and he decides, um, that's not fair. I was talking in Monaco and pounds and that, that's, that's not quite equivalent, but, um, let's, let's, let's call him English. He was an English driver driving in Monaco. Okay. It's not really what happened, but whatever. So, so he says, well, you know, I made a couple of losses and so now I figure I had to trade a little bit bigger to get back my losses. So I wasn't trading at a, at a, at a loss. You know, I find myself down three, 400, uh, pounds and, uh, I want to, I want to get back up. I want, I want to get back to even. So then that way I can get back to my plan. <laughs> well, I mean, if I'm, if I'm not at even, I can't have any kind of plan. Well, guess what? You double down and you take one loser. Let's let let let's say the worst thing happens in the world and you get lucky and you hit it and you get back to even and not even that, you get back to even and you get plus a couple hundred. Well, guess what? That's the worst thing that could possibly ever happen to you because you did the wrong thing and you got the right result. What, what's, what that is going to do is that's going to reinforce you to doing the wrong thing. So the next time you do it or the next time after that, What's going to happen is you're going to be down a couple hundred, and then you'll be down twice that much. And if you do two of, two of those things combined, you'll be down two and a half, three times that much. Okay, so now imagine this. Let's say the average guy's got 10,000 uh, £10, pounds in a trading account. He lets 200 go. He lets 200 go to 250. Now he doubles up, and he's going to tra- he's going to risk four hundred on one trade, and he loses, and he, he he lets a little bit he lets it go a little bit further because he's he's pretty damn sure of this one. Well, now he's down a thousand. Now he's down ten percent of his account. That could be three trades one day. That's it. Now you're down a thousand. Now you say, oh my God, what am I going to do now? How am I going to get back to even? Okay, this time I I got a really good trade here. I'm going to see it. I, I see it, it's perfect. I'm gonna trade a thousand on just this one trade, and guess what? You're down two thousand. Well, wait a minute. It worked for me that one time. I remember two times actually it worked. I'm just gonna I'm this time I'm gonna risk five, and I'm gonna get it all back, and I'm gonna get ahead, and guess what? You got no more money. That's what happens. And I know those of you listening to me right now, this has happened to you. I know it has. If you've ever traded, this has happened to you. Now, here's the question How do you stop it from happening to you? The first thing is financial management. I don't care what your trading style is. In future podcasts, I'm going to give you a model. I'm going to tell you how to talk to me. I'm going to tell you how to take a seminar from me. We're going to have videos. We're going to have all kinds of fun stuff. You are going to be able to have a model that whatever that model is, you stick to it. Now, the model's got to have a risk reward. The risk reward is three to one. That's the best way. Some people will argue two to one is enough. What do I mean by three to one, two to one? What I mean is if you're going to risk one dollar, you need to be able to profit $2 on that trade. 100 to 200, uh, 1,000 to 2000. That's the two to one risk reward ratio. For me, it has to be three to one now think about this for a minute we could let 's talk about some really grand numbers let's say i 've got a hundred thousand euro trading account for every trade that i 'm going to trade i 'm going to trade i'm going to risk one thousand euros for three thousand profit. now how close do I have to stick to that? Can I stop at two thousand five hundred and fifty five no you have to make 3,000 euros on that trade, and you have to be able to plot it out and see it happening if you're going to risk 1,000. And you cannot vary from this at all. This is called risk management, money management, or risk reward. So you must have a firm risk reward or risk management or financial management system in place or any kind of indicators, any kind of trading metal will never work it doesn't matter now. let me tell you the good side about having a good risk reward ratio if you throw darts at your at your profit targets, if you look at stocks or bonds or gold or silver or s and p or euros or whatever, and you throw a dart and that dart hits that whatever mark and you use the right risk reward ratio the profit the financial management tool, if you use the right financial management and you throw a dart and you hit the dart and you go for that dart and you use the right risk management, you can lose 50% of the time and make money. You can actually lose more than 50% of the time and make money. Think about that. You know, a friend of mine used to say, it's not rocket science, it's baseball. What that means is, if you get a 33% on your uh, rocket science uh, school test, they're going to throw you out on the street. But if you hit 333 in the majors, you're going to be a star, right? Well, trading is baseball. You just need to make sure that you you trade at 30% with the right profit to risk ratio and you will be successful. It doesn't matter what model you use. That's the only thing that matters. Now, get a good model in there. And now you're talking about some good money. If you know what you're doing and you get you get a solid plan, then you'll be able to make some solid money. First problem, keep your risk to profit ratio in the proper perspective. And what? Discipline. Discipline to it. You can't vary from it. You've been listening to Jack Wolf. Uh, I'm the Discipline Trader, and you can reach me at uh, jack at jackwolftrading.com. This is Jack Wolf, and you're listening to the Discipline Trader, and I'm Jack Wolf. And I'm going to tell you a couple of more reasons why people lose money. You know, uh, one of my uh, management guy, my uh, marketing guys, sorry, he's here. He's He just asked me, well, are you ever going to tell him when to jump in? And I said, well, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But there's so many mistakes that people make before they ever get to their uh trading model that the first couple of podcasts I talk about were how the brokers take money from you before you ever know it. And now we're talking about risk reward and and setting up setting up the trade, you know, having a plan. And he says like, "Well, Jack, what's the plan?" Well, The plan is what I'm going to sell you, first off, so I'm not going to just give it away to you. But the gist of it is, is that if you set up a system where you are working on the price action, not an indicator, indicators are lagging indicators, okay? This is a common misconception. The 200-day price moving average, the stochastics, all of these fancy things that you see on uh, MT4 or any of your charting systems. There's a million of them, and there must be thousands as you look through and scroll through the indicators of your charts. All these do are tell you what the market has done. The first thing you're going to look at is volume. Now, can you look at volume at foreign exchange? Absolutely not. Can you look at volume at any cash market? Absolutely not. Why? Because each one of these things that are traded in forex or cash markets or CFDs or whatever they're called in your neck of the woods, these are all done at the particular broker. So there is no centralized volume now. There's there's a very good way of trading commodities, and there's a very good sign uh, when you're trading an actual commodity, and that's that's an exchange traded commodity. You can look at volume because. A volume, a high move or a move up with heavy volume is far more significant than a move up on light volume. As a matter of fact, a move up on light volume could mean quite the opposite. It could mean the market's going to go down. So in an exchange-traded situation, stocks and commodities, volume can be an indicator. In foreign exchange, which is what most of you who are listening or trading CFDs cash markets anything like that volume has absolutely nothing to do with it because all you are doing is looking at the volume of your forex broker and that is not indicative of the real world because you know when you're talking about forex foreign exchange uh, cash markets uh, CFDs exchange for physicals whatever you're trading you're ta- you're you're trading with countries you're trading with large corporations you're trading with uh, Joe, the widget maker, who's selling his widgets in the UK, but he's tra- changing his money into euros and, and spending them in dollars, and the bank is making the exchange. And you're actually even trading with those uh, people you see in the airport, you know, where they, they tell you no commission, and you, you give them your euros, and when you go in the United States, and they give you dollars, and vice versa. All of these people are involved. Do you think there's any one centralized tracking of uh, volume? Nah, nah, nah. Nothing. There is no there is no volume tracking. Therefore, volume is a non-entity. Okay, any other indicator is lagging. What lagging means is that in backtesting, as we've talked about briefly earlier, which means nothing, backtesting a, a, a lagging indicator would work perfectly because we're working backwards. We're looking back. If you look back, certainly that'll look like it's telling you the history, but it's not. It's only telling you what happened. So, there's no way that you can use a lagging indicator to to, to determine what to trade or how to trade or when to trade. So, Jack, how do you figure out when to go into the market? Well, I use a very, very old, wise, proven method. I learned it when I was about two years old in Mrs. Bornstein's class, and it was called Connect the Dots. And what it is, is you take a certain amount of time. And this is just a brief look at the model, okay? And, and we're going to talk about the model quite, some t- quite a few times. You take the high over a course of the last whatever hours, uh, six hours, eight hours, 10 hours, one hour if you're looking at a 10-minute chart, it doesn't matter. And you see there's a very firm resistance level where it goes up to, and I don't care what we're trading, but the uh, euros, pound, gold, silver, it's S&P and that particular instrument goes up to 54 and it comes off and then it plays around in the middle 30s and goes down to 23 and comes back up and then it goes right back up to 53 and a half and comes down to 23 and a half and, and then in you know a few more minutes later it goes back up to 54 again and now you're starting to see there's a level there that 54 it it, it doesn't want to quite pass there and then it kind of fiddles around in the 30s, goes back up to 54, and then comes back down into the 23s. Well, now you've got two levels. You've got 22 sell and 55 buy. Why, why do I say that? Well, you, you, whatever range period this is, and, and there's one rule to remember here, and this is a very big intro into the model. If you have a longer period of time, so if this 54 is held for hours or even days, that makes it a bigger level. If it's for minutes, not so much. But if it's for at least a group of 10 minutes at a time for maybe six or seven 10-minute bars, you're starting to develop a level. This is called trading on price action. What this means is the market has held at 54 every time. So what do you think is going to happen when it goes 55? Well, okay, if you don't know yet that's fine. You don't have to know. Let's think about it this way. If you're going short, what is going short? Oh, we need to get into that later, but let's let's not do that. Let's reverse it. Let's go to the bottom level before we go into going short. That's a whole nother podcast. Sorry, right, guys. Let's back up a minute. Okay. So let's say you're going to go long in, I don't know, Michael, pick a currency. Okay. Gold. Gold is at twelve fifteen twenty four and it's has not dropped below twenty three, and you're gonna go long, which means you're gonna buy it, and you're gonna buy it. And where are you gonna put your sell stop? You're gonna put your sell stop below where it hasn't been in a while. Where's that? That's at twenty two. Okay, so everybody who's getting in is sees the same thing that you're looking at because everybody looks at the same charts and they say, okay. I'm going to put my sell stop, my protection stop, right there below that area. Some are going to put it 23, because it hasn't hit 23 yet. It's it stopped at 24. Some of them are going. To, some people are going to put them at 22. Give themselves just a little more room. Some people may even put them down at 21 or 20. Give themselves even a little more room just to be sure. And they're hoping this thing's going to go up. So what they're going to do is they're going to put their sell stops at 23, 22, 21, 20, whatever. Now, what happens if there's a bunch of sell orders anywhere? Can anybody tell me out there in iTunes land, what happens if you have a bunch of sell orders condensed in one single simple area? When they all hit, the market's going to drop like a rock. So what you do, and here's where you get in, you put your sell order as your first order, and you put it right down there at 23. And then what happens is all those orders hit, and you follow it real close, and as soon as it stops going down, you get out, and you buy it back, and there's my model. Boom, you, you got it out of me, Michael. That's the model. Now let's take it the other way. You're going long. So... The market, the same gold market has been bouncing off of 54 every 10 minutes, and you've, you can kind of draw a line across for the last couple hours, and it hasn't gone above 54. Well, if you're going to go short gold, and we'll just briefly talk about what going short means now, and that'll be a whole nother podcast, what going short is, but let's say you can actually sell something before you buy it, because really, when you trade, you're just trading a number. When you trade gold, when you trade silver, when you trade euros, when you trade pounds, when you trade spiders, when you trade whatever, you're not really trading any of those things. You're just trading the number of that thing because you're never going to take that gold. You're never going to take those euros. You're never going to take delivery, as they say in the commodities market. You're just trading a number. You can sell before you buy. You can buy before you sell. But the one thing you have to do is you have to make one buy for every sell. That makes you flat, okay? So if you're flat, then you have no position, and you're done for that trade. Now, just to recap, that trade has to have a risk-reward ratio of what, Michael? Yes, one to three. So if I'm going to risk one, I better be able to see three in the the profit picture. So where I start to get into the market, and this is just a brief intro, we're going to get into this later. Where I start to get into the market is if I see the market bouncing off 54, 54, 54, 12, 15, 54, comes down into the 30s, down to the 20s, back up to 54. A couple more 10-minute bar charts, 54. Now I can draw a line. This is that thing I learned in Mrs. Bornstein's class. Uh, If you're still listening, Miss Bornstein, it's all all, uh, because of you. Um, You take that line and you connect the dots and you see that 54 is a level. Wow. So that means two things. One, for whatever reason on God's green earth, the market has not traded 55 in a while. And the other thing is everybody that's trading is seeing that. Everybody, everybody that's seeing that same thing, that it is not traded 55. So if you're going to go short gold, which means you're going to sell it before you buy it, again, we'll get into that later, what you're going to do Is you're going to put your buy stop, which is your protection, where? Above 54, maybe 55, maybe 56, maybe 57. Now, everybody together, if you've got a cluster of buy orders, whether they be by stops, by limits, by whatever, if you've got a bunch of people clicking buy at one particular area, what is the market going to do? It's going to jump. And when it jumps, you get in right underneath it, and when it comes back, you sell it back, and there's my model. There it is. You got it out of me. So this is it. It is as simple as the day is long. You cannot make this any simpler, but it is also the hardest thing you'll ever do. Why? Because when it turns against you, you're not going to want to get out. You're going to want it to keep going. And it turns against you just that one little tiny bit and we'll talk exactly how much later on you're not going to get that out of me today but when it turns against you that one little bit and you get out and it's a profitable trade you've made a profitable trade you can always get back in and if you're wrong let's say you're wrong let's say nobody else sees that 55 and and it goes 55 and then it goes against you if you stay disciplined and you only risk that one, guess what? You're still in the game. There's still a tomorrow. You haven't dug yourself a hole you can't get out of. You can trade tomorrow. You can get back to the computer tomorrow. You can trade another day and tomorrow you can make the money. And what does that mean? That means (laughs) discipline. That means walking away. And I'm going to tell you something and I'm going to end with this. The hardest thing I've ever had to do is I have a firm rule with my trading model and I it's a 3 and out. So if I'm trading a certain currency or gold or S&P 500 or whatever and I take 3 losers in a row, I'm out for the day. Now, I'm lucky because there's 3 days in every day because there's the uh, Asian day, then there's the uh, European day and then there's the US day. So what i call a day is one session so you know i'll i'm more than happy to get back in in the asian session if i blew it in the european session but what i mean i blew it that means if i take 3 losers i don't care how much i know that next trade is going to hit i walk away and you know how many times that next trade hits a lot of times and you know how much i want to hit myself or damn it i knew it was going to happen or that hard four was right down the corner I knew it was going to happen, but I walked away. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. It takes the most discipline you'll ever have in your life, but that will make you profitable because you will never dig a hole. You'll always be around to trade the next day, and that's how you trade for a living. This has been Jack Wolf, the Discipline Trader, wishing you a good trading day. (laughs)